for you. What? It's I'm Monday. Good. Welcome to Raising Athletes. We are so excited to be back another week talking about our favorite thing, volleyball and state playoffs. Yes, it's very exciting. And it's an interesting peak performance topic that is <laughs> it's an ongoing struggle or battle or fun when you have playoff game after yes. playoff game and and the pressure is mounting but it's also it should be more and more fun yes exactly and that i love that tea up because that's exactly what i thought would be fun to talk about and um so fun to watch you all play and to perform at the highest level and maybe we just start there and talk about um you know i've it's kind of fun Monday morning quarterbacking with some people after the match was over, but would love to hear it from the source. Like what, what were the expe- expectations of the team? This team hasn't been pushed to four many times this year. I think this was the fourth time maybe. Well, I knew that modern day would have a great game plan and they always are well coached and they have a good game plan. I also knew it's just been, it was another seven days between games and it's really hard. And we're, we, we started in August. We started August 9th. And now we're in the middle of November. So with a week off and like nothing really in sight, I think it's hard to keep the practices as efficient. And like, it's got to be quality reps, but the girls are tired and school is mounting. I mean, I think it's, it's a tricky situation to um, keep the... And how much higher can you raise the intensity? You know, you you can't be that intense that long. You can't always consistently play push, 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 push without any letdowns. Yeah. Right. And I, sorry, go ahead. I do think when I thought of this, I, I think of all the strategies that I used personally as a Mm -hmm. player. And I mean, my best games are sort of when I was focused on something different at the same time as being focused on the game <laughs> and okay great tell, tell me about that so like, i remember my game? best game ever i i almost like couldn't do anything wrong and my team was cracking up because it was the first game my husband perry <laughs> then my boyfriend ever came to watch and the girls are mm. cracking up they're like did you pay the other team to dive out of the way of all your hits i hit like <laughs> 900 that game I was blocking everything. We were playing Santa Clara and I, then we just started laughing about it. And I guess it wasn't like the most intense game, but it was my best game because I don't know, I was checking out my boyfriend in the stand half the time and then playing. So if you can sort of be focused, but then either having a fun time or, or focusing on making the people around you better I think that's really yes. key. I have a very vivid memory, memory of exactly the same thing. Um, I originally played at San Diego State, wasn't having a great experience, for it, so I transferred to William & Mary, and we came out every year. William & Mary came out to play San Diego State, and, and so here's oh, my boy. opportunity for redemption, right? And we're up, four, zero, up 3-0, and Gracie Shute, they're – best outside hitter who had been in a night class decided to show up because I guess they hadn't put us away in three. 
But Je- Jen, Pet- Jen Pet- Petri, then Torrens, and I were having the match of our lives. We could do no wrong. It was just one of those most amazing moments to be in. And that's exactly what I, I'm so glad you mentioned that story because it's interesting how even whatever, 25 years later, you can take yourself back to that moment. And what we now know that that is called is flow. So there's a moment, there's moments that you have and musicians have it and artists have it and athletes have it where it's the perfect, the optimization of your performance just outside your comfort zone where you're reaching peak performance, but it's almost without effort. And that's Mihai Csikszentmihalyi said Mihai is a Hungarian psychologist who invented this, this, this thing called flow. And now Laird Hamilton, who's a, you know, surfer who surfs 50 foot waves and guys who skydive out of, you know, with just jumpsuits on and people who hike or climb, you know, the Everest without, you know, oxygen and the people that chase these highs and they know it's flow. It's actually, they, they've been able to track how the brain processes it. And what we know is your cortisol levels are actually lower when you're in flow. So you're not playing what I like to call tight. Like when things start to get stressful and you're like, oh, how is this going to go? And we miss a serve and then we miss another serve and then we hit it into the block. And then all of a sudden we're playing really locked up. That's when we start, we stop playing in flow and we start overthinking it. And the best thing you can do is play free, have fun, to your point, you've been doing this since August 9th. And for most of the girls, they've been doing it all year round. So it's that I like to say my Montana saying, but the hay is in the barn. You've already done all the work. Do you need to keep refining? Yes. But when you show up on Wednesday, it's about having fun because you've done the work and allowing all of you to play your best. And there is such a thing as group flow. Like you can all be in sync but it, it means we all can't be playing tight. We can't be stressed about what's going on. So I'd love to, if you could refer to what happened on Saturday night when, you know, game three kind of came apart for us. Or where did you feel it? How did you, how did it play out on the court? It was different than probably watching it. Well, I felt like we were not as connected in practice, you know, passer to setter, setter to hitter. We weren't as connected and i feel like our team the best way to connect this marymount team is make them play games in a row like tournament play Mm -hmm. or then the tournament strung back to back really build on each other and and they they're the little cues oh you know tori's on the ground she's gonna need it higher or i'm gonna take the one on the left trappy's gonna take the one on the right you know all those little things when you're playing against good competition and then they just kind of the connections happen and in practice, it's not, it, it's like we, we, we got a little relaxed and we weren't mm. being pushed with those connections. So I feel like that was already a little bit off from a seven day break and maybe not the hardest, uh, situ- you know, being pushed the most, um, So that was a bit of a combination. Number one thing, when you look back at our serving percentages and they give us really good feedback, you know, we're typically serving at 70 or 80. Most people, a couple people Mm. on our team are serving at 60, which is like kind of the intensity of serve and whatever. And this isn't like misses to whatever. It's like how hard the serve is and what the 
passer passes on the other side of the net. And the bottom line is okay. we were at 24, 32. As a group, we were at 30, but you know, that was the average was 30. So some below, some above. Our lowest serving percentage of the season was 50. So I think it wow. starts everything with volleyball starts with a serve and and anybody watching always goes, why do they miss serves? Well, you have to serve hard enough to make the other team, mm. you know, worry. And if you're serving free balls, which I think, yes, we missed some key serves. Um, the other team was doing tactics to slow things down, like wiping the floor when there was nothing on the floor. I mean, that's a tactic mm-hmm. to take people yep. out of their shoes. You know, to bust up their rhythm, to ice us. And we kind of let that get to us, you know, a couple of times. Like, well, she she shouldn't be doing that. It's like, or, you know, the out of rotation call. So there were some things that were put in our way. I felt like we had a good warm-up. Not our typical warm-up. We didn't have as long on the court. We really like to slowly get warmed up. Um, But I think it was seven days big crowd but this team's ready for big crowds but i felt like the practice coming in you've got to be a little sharper you don't have to be perfect but you got to be a little sharper than we were do you have a serving strategy that you have the girls do like i know stanford is like always go for your best serve i don't and i know michigan says you serve the first one in and then go for your best serve do you have anything for the girls or is it up to them you know, Tuan has a master plan for each one of them. He has, we have who we're going to hit, when and where. And he knows, like, we know how to trick our players if they've missed. Like, sometimes we give them the serve they want to serve. But, you know, we had players kind of calling off, like, I don't want to serve there. Well, you know, they just got got tight, you know. So yeah. it came in our serving and then it was not our best match, but I feel like the mental toughness of this team and the grit held it together versus the flow and all that. It was kind of like we gritted it out. Um, We kind of, you know, got lucky too, won some rallies. And do you think the expectation, because you beat them in Vegas earlier, I mean, I know you said they've improved and all of that. You did coach them that you were expecting more, but were we caught a little flat-footed? We didn't kind of expect as much as we thought they would come at us? or I don't know. I was expecting it. I thought I communicated that they were better and that they were going to bring this and they were going to block better and they were going to do these things. Um, But maybe I didn't do a good job of communicating that. Sometimes they go like, yeah, right, Carrie. But none of them, I mean, they all take everybody on the other side of the net seriously. I really think so. They're definitely confident. Um, and you don't want to blow your team up and be like, whoa, that, you know, you know, that practice, whoa, you know. I, I think as a coach, you right. really want to resort to trickery as much as possible, you know. <laughs> what do you mean by that for parents, like, parents dis- listening? Distra- <laughs> I, I sometimes will like, I had one girl, Devin Newberry, who I I would trick her with candy, you know, and then you get her focused on candy (laughs) or sometimes you have to get, get them focused on the girl on the other side of the net. She, I think she, I don't know. She was giving you a dirty look. Like somebody, everybody has something that I can redirect them on, like focus, Um, like 
Oki, um, Grace Frawling, who's at San Diego, she's very yeah. sensitive. And she was very aware of how her teammates felt around her. And she needed to feel like her team felt good and weren't frustrated with her. So everybody has their little thing, whether it's giving them candy, giving them stickers <laughs> or whatever. But I, yeah. I sometimes you want to distract them from like the head on, like this is a really big game and this is about everything. And some people you you do need to just tell right away. I think they they know. They know. I don't. I do think we were caught flat footed though. You. Do you think I, I, I'm so curious because this I, what I was processing today as I was preparing for this was thinking about the beginning of the season and I met with the captains and we talked about different leadership styles. And then, you know, you and I have had great conversations about how do you coach and to your point about knowing people have different needs in the moment on the court during the match. Do you feel like your coaching style is a way or do you find yourself even coaching individuals? You coach Carrie different than you coach Elia. Do you give them feedback in different ways or is it kind of like we're in the moment? Everybody step up. I, I felt like in that game, I had to stay okay. calm, you know, and you have to present a calm front. But there's a lot going on on the other side in terms of blocking. And we were not picking up on repeated plays. They were running at us. And so I was really just trying to give information. Like, number two mm -hmm. is coming in for a three. Number four is hitting angle. Let's make those adjustments. and. It was like they that information wasn't getting in their heads. Mm. Um, so maybe that was not the right approach. Obviously, I, it probably wasn't the right approach or those scores wouldn't have been that close. But I was kind of just trying to say, okay, now this girl's swinging around. It's a go and a three and just give the hitters that. Tuan will, you know, sometimes be talking to one person, you know, it was very hard. We were so far away from the court also, and we weren't matched yeah. up to the 10 foot line. Tron was trying to stand up as much as possible, but he usually takes the back row and I take the front row and we have a plan going in. We can talk to the middles when they come out, but it's, it's right. those girls on the court, you know, they, they can't necessarily hear us. I think yeah, with I me standing up gives them the sometimes like, oh, is she panicked or she could be casually down. But the only way I could even get a message across was moving like 10 feet down the line to the 10 foot line, you know, so they could even hear me. Right. Yeah, I saw a couple go between, which never happens, Elia and Megan, and they both kind of looked at each other and it was like three feet in and they both looked at each other like, huh. And then when uh, Megan was coming out and came back in and I saw Tuan kind of like go stand here. And then sure enough, the two, next two plays, she dug, dug perfectly. So you're right. There is that element of being able to, and that's a very good call out for us watching. You feel like, Oh, come on. They don't get it, but it's easier when you're a 50 feet above everybody watching it top down than when you're on the floor. And then how do you give, you know, feedback that they can take and use in real time? It's it, yeah, that's the thing I find with especially even the younger you go, like these girls are pretty good in the timeouts. You can say that ball went, you know, on that one play at about eight all. I think your hand could have been here. 
And they're pretty good now, but the little girls, if you're not giving real-time coaching, they're like, what? I don't even remember that play. Um, do you ever right. recommend right. we, Perry and I were training with this one tennis mental guy and he had us like counting the ball, like counting every bounce of the ball yes. or counting every time anyone touched the ball. And sometimes I'll really have yes. players. I'm just like, clear your mind and start counting every dribble, every touch. It's just start counting in your brain. And that is really good way of, you know, refocusing your brain. Parents, there's a great book called Mind Gym, and he talks, he interviews a bunch of baseball, tennis, but one of the big things he does talk about is when you're teaching somebody how to play tennis, but the same with volleyball, with Kristen and I working with the nine-year-olds, we do, you know, I do toss, step, pop, when you're talking, or toss, step, hit, and say it out loud so that you're saying it as you do it. Your brain then doesn't have to overthink it. You're just toss step. And that, that's what he does with the tennis players too. If, if the more you can simplify it, because that's what we're, we're witnessing is the cortisol levels are going through the roof. You're getting stressed and stress makes us stupid. And so when you're in that moment of, was that your ball? Was that my ball? You, yeah, you know, you're, you're too, the stress level's too high. So in is to lower your stress levels. So how do you do that? Simplify. Go back to the I say a lot of times, you know, I would, before I served, deep breath, breathe in, breathe out, and then serve the ball. You know, that's where you have a little bit of, of time yeah. yes. as well. And even a reset, yeah. I say reset or be a goldfish. Or when I work with the girls, like pick something that even makes you laugh because even just shifting your mindset in the moment will help you get out of the funk of, or I have them do superwoman, like, you know, so when shoulders back, the most powerful pose you can do is your hands on your hips, your shoulders back, your head high, and your legs spread. And it looks stupid, and it feels stupid, but it actually resets your brain into being like, oh, I got this, right? And it doesn't have to be very long. I haven't talked to the girls about doing it in a split second, you can all laugh about it. And then what happens is it it, you move on versus getting caught in, oh, and then I miss that pass. And oh, here comes the ball again. And oh, you start telling yourself the story before it even happens. And then the next thing you know, you're down five, right? Right. Um, sometimes humor, you know, as yeah. a coach, when you can, you know, say something funny, like I'll, I, I often say to Dior, Dior, stop jumping like Dior, jump like Harry. Yeah. You're jumping too high. <laughs> I just want you to carry Klein jump. <laughs> low hands block like me not like you there's no need for you to be way up high um and sometimes i'll give you know a sticker for if you hey, try to hit that part of the court i'll give you a sticker and they're like what and i'm like yeah you know just something that makes it sort of fun and distracts them funny when you can be sometimes the jokes they're like they they're rolling their eyes like you're you're not really funny carrie or yeah. Any information they can't hear, you know, um, Carrie Keefe, when it's a big game, she likes for me to give her math problems, two digit multiplication. That's and awesome. I start saying 64 times 27. And then that will be in the hitting lines. And then she comes back to me with the answer, which, by the way, I have Is no right? idea if it's <laughs> right or wrong. 
And I'm like, good, good, that's it. And I always yeah. lie to her and tell her she's right. And then she'll come back the next day. She goes, no, that was wrong. It was actually oh this. Gosh. So she likes when I give her math problems. That's a rare individual, but it's like get focused on something else. Yes. Oh, that's so good. And I can totally see her calculating it and being right. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll, the other day I gave her math problems. She goes, there's no need for math right now. Okay. You know. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of math, though, one thing I think a lot of parents don't know about who haven't played, and one thing I always found fascinating, and I remember from my college days, are hitting percentages. And what is a good hitting percentage um, for our outsides versus our middles? Are you tracking that? What time, type of feedback are you giving the girls in the moment during the match or only after the match? Can you talk about that? I think if people had seen their numbers... They wouldn't have been real happy. You know, the girls have a feel, but we're trying to get our outside hitters to hit over 300. Um, we're trying to get our middles to hit over 400. Kiri Keefe is like a unique opposite where she's almost like a middle and she usually hits over 400. So if you're an outside hitter and you're dealing with like the out of system balls or the balls that Kelly Bellardi has to run down and bumps at you, you're given a little more leeway because you're not, you know, given a perfect set. Whereas the middles should be set. That's really more on the setter. The middle should be set when there is one up, not when there's two up, when they see that the hands are open and the set should be perfectly placed into their hands. It's almost like the setter does the, the cleanup work and it should be pretty perfect. So you're, responsibility is to terminate at a higher rate and Carrie Keefe we just we she's kind of our hitting machine and we expect a very high hitting percentage from her and and does that count all the way around also asking you know so when they hit a pipe or a d when they hit on the back row you know and that's what Kyle Kyle (laughs) often says he's like your hitting percentage out of the back row is not high if you, you really probably should separate that and see if it's even worth. And at halfway through the game, Tuan said, we're setting way too many back row balls and we need to, you know, kind of push and get it to our front row hitters who are going to have a little bit higher rate of termination. Um, so. And do you intentionally run the back row or is that as your release for out of No, we are intentionally and. And then it also is our release, but our release is also a high ball to carry or a high ball to four, whatever, all three, unless someone's on the ground, but it, we should be running it in system as well. So at all times we have four hitters coming at the other side. I think it got to be like more of an out of system play. And then it's easier to block. Like every time they're out of right. system, they're setting the pipe to Elliot, probably not smart. And at where, where on the court, I used to try to set it about the eight foot line. Do you want to lead your hitters out of the back row or do you, they're so strong they hit at the 10 to 12 foot line or where do you ideally? We would love it to be, everyone has a spot, different spot, but you know, nine, eight and 10, yeah. one of those three. Okay. Cause a few, um, so a few of them were more back at the 12 to 15 foot, which is hard for them to, they're not far enough back to actually, it's more of a down ball, right? Right. But I mean, out of system, they should just like an outside hitter, 
you know, should have a huge approach on a bad pass. They should be 15, 16, 17 feet if the pass is bad off the court so that they can adjust to a set that's 10 feet off, five feet off, six feet off, whatever. Whereas I feel like there's an in-system approach from our back row when we the pass is good and it should be eight feet or or nine feet, depending on who you are and how high you jump. And then there should be another bigger approach when, you know, we're just scrambling. But yes, all, all that, the cleaner it is, the, the more of an attack it is and not just a safe saving ball. And how much of what Kelly's running is directed by you and Tuan versus she's reading the situation? I think of her as, you know, as a quarterback, right? And she kind of, it's what she's given, but I know she has a preset play at the beginning, but is a lot of it kind of happening depending on where the ball is, is passed to her or? Definitely. We're trying to get her to reverse the flow. Who she sees is up. Our back row attack is supposed to be in combination. That's really Ali. Coach Ali's thing okay. is that the pipe is run in combination with the middle, which we've seen a couple times in the tournament play. I don't see as much combination right now as what I'd like to see, where it's two people coming at you at once. Um, yeah. So that that needs to be developed and improved can be. <laughs> yeah. And what, so what's the scouting report? Let's shift a little bit. And cause I also would love to talk about passing, but maybe we'll do that next time. But, um, but what's the scouting report for village Christian? So why, I mean, don't want to give away all the secrets, but how are you then approaching this knowing what we know now about how we responded to modern day and where the girls heads are at and, and what you know about them as a team. Well, Village Christian has a very nice setter and she runs very fast. It's the SG with San Gabriel Volleyball Club and it's very, very fast offense. This setter is going to Northwestern and she runs it fast. So similar to the tempo that Modern Day ran, but maybe even faster. So the Modern Day game does prepare us for that where there's going to be times when people are like, why aren't there two blockers up? Well, because you know, the middle has to deal with the one, the middle has to deal with the, you know, maybe blockers are going to be alone and it's, it's pretty fast. So when they're in system, they're very fast. So that one-on-one blocking is a different hand matchup. And we've been working on that. Um, I assume you've been working a lot of serving too. I don't think we can serve (laughs) enough. I mean, we're trying to like, (laughs) serve but you know my hitters also you know swung and hit like elia hit 60 balls carrie hit 40 balls tori hit 40 balls my middles you know don't serve so they can take more swings but it's a it's a game of like we can't blow out shoulders and get them so tired with a quick turnaround right right so mindset wise going into this knowing what you just again went through, what are you, how, where is your head at as a coach and leading them into this next level, right? Now the stakes get higher, as we said at the beginning, how do you stay calm? I think it's just completely focused on our side of the court, make that blocking adjustment and really start to just clean up our side of the court. 
and doing the little things and focusing on doing the little things. And the energy level of the girls today and their... It was their, fine for a Monday. Yeah, good. You know? And stress level, do you feel like... I mean, I, I guess it would be my biggest question is how do we go into Wednesday not feeling more pressure but rather more flow I think it's it's a like it's a little bit of a home court helps that um, non-traveling helps that so I do think that then we can just kind of focus on the details and not the pressure Amen. Good. Yay. Well, I can't wait to be there and see, see it all. Thank happen. you so it's, much. It's so fun to watch and parents, you know, you enjoy this. I, I think it's so fun to, I kind of look at it as talking to Oz. You get to look behind the curtain and hear from, you know, I think there's, there's so much you have to share with us, Carrie. And I think parents really want to know how you think, and that helps translate the game and, you know, for them and a lot of people who haven't played it is. Maybe we just spoke in, you know, shorthand for a lot of people, but I think the more educated all the parents get and all the players get, the more fun it becomes. We could all relax a little bit. And, you know, back to what we talked about last time or the time before, which is, you know, I was sitting next to someone who kept yelling, don't miss your serve. I just wanted to shut it. Like, folks, say, ace it. Yeah, we, we, we have to take some risks on the serves. We have to take some risks. Yes. Um, and really, Tuan is serving to take certain hitters out of the offense. So it's a complicated thing, getting the ball where we yeah. need it to be. Yeah, so fun. Well, thank you so much for your thank time. Thank you. Maybe I'm, you can stop by tomorrow morning if I'm, you're driving to school and I'm just give a little. I'm in. Okay, good. <laughs>